perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. everyone i am rhett and link wait no i am christopher h bilbury and this is the 99th episode of perception is reality welcome to the podcast everyone i hope you're doing well i'm not doing too well hope you guys are doing good uh thanks for giving me a little bit of your time This episode is coming to you a little bit different than generally it would be. Normally, this episode should have released on Saturday, May 2nd, but I'm recording it in the late, late, late Saturday into Sunday, May 3rd hours. I've just been kind of in a little bit of a funk today, having some family issues going on with my grandparents. We'll get into that in a moment. Welcome to Perception is Reality. I want to thank you all for giving me a little bit of your time. Uh, I We are quickly approaching episode 100, and I still don't have uh, any idea what we're going to be doing. Probably we'll just be talking. So uh, please share the show with everyone you know. Of course, we can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. We can definitely be found at the home link of perception.fireside.fm. The easiest way is obviously to just simply Google Bilbrey Podcast, B-I-L-B-R-E-Y Podcast. Of course, look for us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. All right, so uh, this is going to be another one of those episodes where I steer away from the political and kind of talk about the personal just to... Just to kind of talk to you about kind of what's going on in my neck of the woods, maybe open up a conversation with some of the listeners about their dealings with this topic. So let let me start off by saying this. Uh, I'm very, very, very family-oriented. I grew up with divorced parents that got along Grew up with a stepfather who got along with my real father, and my real father got along with my stepfather. We've kind of talked about all that stuff before. I had a wonderful childhood. I had the absolute best of both worlds. Um, My parents divorced when I was 17, 18 months old. Uh, They had been high school sweethearts and got out, got married, and realized, well, this (laughs) this is not exactly working. So... They divorced, and not long after that, my mother met my stepfather, they got married, and in 1985, my brother was born, 
Andrew. You've heard him here before. Hopefully you'll hear him again. And uh, everything was great. On my mother's side, I had a large family, a lot of uh, like great aunts and uncles that had a lot of other kids. I had a bunch of cousins, and we were always getting together at my great-grandmother's house. We were always going to Moorhead, Kentucky, and uh, doing great big camping adventures with like... 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 people there, people coming in from all over the Midwest, coming from Indiana, all over different areas to converge on my great-grandfather's uh, property down there. And uh, one one time we were there, we said, wait a minute, why are, why are we camping we all started getting a little bit older. We were like, we could go to the hotel and all of us take up like a wing of the hotel. And then that became cool because, you know, as I was becoming, I don't know, 10, 15, whatnot, we could swim in the pool. And, and then we would go out to my grandfather's property all day and do different things. It was it was the best. I have a large, large family on my mother's side. Basically, what we would do is we would drive down to Moorhead, Kentucky, like Thursday evening or Friday of Memorial Day weekend and we would camp and and do all of that stuff run around the these hills in Moorhead Kentucky back way off the beaten path uh, he owned like 70 some acres back in this area and it was it was amazing he did not have running water. I mean, we're talking about like into the 1990s. He did not have running water. He had an outhouse. Uh, he lived in a little like shack and the back of the shack fell off, broke away from the back of his house. And he went to the store, which was like 30 miles into town and uh, got material to like spackle and tape the house back together. Um, it sounds as amazing uh, as that sounds <laughs> for you when you're a child, uh, not so much when you're 15 and, and older. Uh, we would heat uh, water uh, up over a fire and dump it in a tub to take baths and draw water up uh, from a well that had been there since God knows when. And uh, all of that stuff was great when you're like five, six, seven, eight, ten, you know. And I, I don't know how my parents and and the the adults there did it because that sounds horrible to me right now. Like I'm, I, I like being out on the land. I like going and and spending some time there. But then I like sleeping in a bed, and I'm just not much of a camper. You know what I mean? So we did things like that, and my mom and stepdad would take my brother and I to Florida. We would go to Fort Myers Beach every year, spring break, go in the summer generally. And so we did that on my mom's side. At my dad's house, I was like an only child. Uh, now, I want to say that my brother from my mother and my stepfather was welcome at my dad's house anytime. He would go with me a lot. My dad's family took him in and looked at him as just another, you know, another one of me. Uh, they were welcoming to him. They loved him, and uh, he would do that. But a lot of the times, I would go on my own. And when I was there, uh, 
it was me and my dad and my grandparents and I had an aunt and an uncle. My uncle was not married. He was a, a factory worker, a foreman at GM. He had money, liked fast cars and uh, <laughs> fast women, <laughs> liked loud music. Uh, my aunt was married to a gentleman for most of my childhood and and uh, he had some pretty cool jobs i would you know hang out with them but I, they i was the center of attention for that uh that family situation so at my mother's house i was part of a big big family that was always together at my dad's house i was basically the only child in a family of adults who were all fairly young i you know i grew as i was growing up i was you know five and six and my parents were in their mid-20s you know late 20s and so my grandparents were in their early 40s so i've grown up with my family and so i kind of had the best of both worlds my dad uh, and my grandparents we would go to tennessee where my grandparents on my dad's side came from and we would do that thing we would go down to mammoth cave and we just kind of you know did me eccentric things basically because i was the only child there and then at my mother's side of course i was not the only child and there were a lot of other kids involved so uh i had the best of both worlds i just really grew up as a only child and as a child in a family that had another brother and a lot of uh cousins and, and other people around so uh, I was able to kind of see things from both perspectives but the main thing that I learned in both situations was the importance of family and uh, you know I remember being I don't know 12 or 13 when my dad's mom my grandmother on my dad's side, when her mother passed away. And my dad called and told me, you know, we would go over and see her like maybe once every couple weeks. And she was like 900 years old. We would call her little grandma. She's been known as little grandma my entire life because she was little <laughs> and she was a grandma. And we would go and it's kind of like the old mafia movies where the person would sit next to the mafia don and the mafia don would sit there kind of patting their hand and whispering things into their ear that's what we do we'd all go sit on this long couch the davenport i hate that word we would sit on this couch and then one by one we would all go sit on this stool next to her seat and she would sit there patting our hand whispering things and it was always kind of really scary to me but i did it she had those metal cups that were different colors, purple, red, orange, blue, and uh, it was just horrible. Uh, but that's a memory that I have, and I remember when she died thinking, okay, you know, I was at the age where I didn't really know. I had been around death most of my life. My grandmother would take us, and uh, as she would do the hair of deceased people, uh, my great aunt and uncle owned Gardens of Memory as I was growing up, a funeral home cemetery uh, in Muncie, Indiana, and so I had been around death and, and just kind of knew about it, but I had never really lost anybody, and so when I was 13, I lost my great-grandmother, and it just, you know, as it does, it really didn't affect me, 
And I have been so fortunate in my life to have grown up with, you know, my parents and my grandparents and uh, just, you know, never really experienced death of a close loved one. I mean, my great grandparents on my mom's side, my my mom and then my my mom's mom, Claudette, her parents I was close to. It was her dad who had the house in Kentucky and then her mom is who would like watch us when we were coming off the school bus until my mom would get home or whatnot. Those great grandparents died when I was in my late teens, late, late teens, 18, 19, maybe 20. And while I had spent time with them and was very close to both of them and was saddened by that loss, it's still quite removed. I mean, as far as, you know, now speaking, I've lost my father. I've lost an uncle who was more like a brother. I've lost a grand a grandmother, you know, so those are the losses that really sting. Um, all of that didn't happen until 2015. 2015 is, you know, not too long ago. It's, what, five years ago? And that's the first time... I really experienced the first experience of close loss that I experienced was my uncle, uh, my mom's brother, Scott. And he was only so many years older than me. I mean, he was like a, he was like an older brother more than an uncle. He was around all the time and, uh, he was quite a bit younger than my mother. So he was, you know, while he was older than us, he was still, closer to my age than 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 not and so i took that one really hard and then he 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 passed away in january of 2015 and then in august of 2015 is when my dad was diagnosed with cancer and we dealt with that from august of 2015 through till my dad passed in june of 2016 and then in July of 2016, my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, in November of 2016, we lost her. It was just bam, bam, bam. And so it was, you know, that that kind of sucks. But beyond that, beyond the loss and death and experiencing all of that, uh, there are other things that happen in life which is extremely sad um, and deal with health and whatnot. Like, for example, having a family member who has Alzheimer's or dementia. And while I have been blessed, as far as that goes, up until here recently, I have had extreme amounts of experience with this. Um, in, I want to say, probably... 2008, 2009, my uh, ex-wife's grandfather was diagnosed with early onset dementia. And like he went to the doctor himself and he said, hey, something's wrong. I'm I'm missing something. It's something's not right. And they said, you well, you have early onset dementia. 
or and or Alzheimer's. I, I don't know exactly how that went down at the time. But they put him on medication, and it really, really helped him. It really helped him out. And I know you don't know where we're going with this, and it seems like I'm just talking, but that's what this episode's going to be. So if you've made it this far, thank you. Stick around. We're, we're going to get to the point. Uh, but, you know, this is just me talking. This is, to me, this is not a political deal. This is not the normal perception is reality. It's This is just, I'm using this at this point as a diary. And um, we'll see where we're going here um, in just a bit. But... Um, they put her grandfather on medicine and it really prolonged it. I mean, he was able to drive. Uh, he lived by himself for a while after his first wife's death and then quickly uh, he met someone new and they got married real quickly and that turned out to be an absolute disaster. But uh, as his dementia and Alzheimer's progressed, I mean, I went, I went from... You know, and we were very close with him. I was very close with him. I went from seeing him as a really strong and really intelligent man who had absolutely built up, you know, a, a family empire, a dynasty with among his family. They were very close. They were very close, similar to my family's closeness. That's something. That's something that really. A lot of people don't have, you know, people dealing with their families a lot of times are weird. People don't talk or these people are mad or or different things like that. And uh, so to find, you know, a partner, um, you know, a wife whose family was as close as mine, it was something that I could relate with and we had that in common and it, it made us stronger, you know, I, I believe. And um, so it, it's good, and, and I was close with her family, and uh, so, you know, all that was good. So I was close with her grandfather, and I knew him a long time, and um, he slowly started fading away, and he would not know us, and, and uh, you know, the, the time came where we had to... My wife was power of attorney of, of her grandparents, and uh, so she, you know... Um, she was in charge of all of this stuff as it started progressing. She was a nurse, and so she she um, you know would help with their their medical side of it, and that was that was how they wanted it. They picked that before they were sick, and they picked that before they had issues, before her grandmother passed, before she had cancer. You know, they wanted they wanted Joni to do that stuff, and. So that's the way that's the way that we all thought it would be. And so as Dwayne started progressing in his dementia and all of that was was happening, you know, we we had a lot of experience with, you know, the doctor's appointments and 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 what was happening to him and and having to fight the fight when you know, and it's not pleasant to talk about, but when he would be over at our house and he would have an accident. And, you know, she would have to, you know, uh, deal with that. And so you see the unpleasantness of that. And I saw what it did to her. And I saw what it did to her father and her, her brothers. And to see this, this person who was at once so intelligent and so uh, strong and so, you know, such a, just a, a, 
an you know a big you know oak tree of a man you know he was he was a big strong healthy um man who was intelligent and uh, had done well for his family and and was well off just kind of disintegrate to nothing uh, it it was it was horrible and uh, i you know you pe- you watch people waste away with cancer too and and or die you know like my grandmother died pretty quickly of cancer and and it was while it's horrible when that's happening i have said each time my god at least they didn't have dementia at least you don't see them trapped in their own body not knowing who you are being afraid of their own house that's such a horrible thing to witness and so now we're getting into the point of all of this when my uncle on my dad's side passed away from cancer it was shortly after there of course that means my grandparents lose a son and it was shortly after that when my dad started talking to me about noticing that my grandpa was having some memory issues and so uh, you know, we talked about that, and you know, of course, he's he was still driving and whatnot, and his has apparently progressed very slowly because he's never taken medication. You know, he's never went in. Uh, he didn't. He's somebody that like kind of sticks his head in the sand and does not want to know. You know, he says if I don't know about it, it won't get me, and I've kind of got some of that in me as well. Uh, but so he's just kind of denied it. Well, then. Uh, in 2016, we lose my dad and all of this. And now I've been talking with my grandmother for the last, you know, two years. Hey, man, Grandpa's getting really bad. We need to do something. We need to do something. And, you know, I just think both of them have lost two out of three kids. Uh, their third kid is my aunt, and she's not really in the picture. Um, so... I'm the caretaker. I'm I have stepped into my dad's role. It's now me who is in charge of my grandparents at this point, you know, in their in their twilight years and they they're also people who have done very well for themselves, have done very well for their family. They're both intelligent people. They uh worked hard. My grandfather worked at GM and, uh, you know, my grandmother and grandfather raised three children. They have a property in s- just south of Muncie. Uh, it's a big, nice property. You know, they, they own some land. And they did well, money-wise. I mean, you know, they've got s- several old cars that they like to show off. And uh, they've got, you know, they don't, they're not hurting. They've got money in the bank and, and everything that, that, you know, people desire to have. You know, they want for nothing, and uh, yet they've lost two two children, which is really rough. And, uh, you know, slowly my grandfather is starting to fade away. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really rough, and, and so I try to spend a lot of time with him. And I try to try to do, you know, the things that I need to do twofold as a as a grandson who who grew up with these people who love them 
to dearly love them to death. I, I you know, they're they're as close to me as my parents. You know, I spent, you know, some people. It's it's weird to me when I find out that some people only saw their grandparents like at Christmas time, or they only saw their grandparents like two or three times a year. I could not imagine that. I mean, it it was nothing for me growing up to see or at least talk to all of my grandparents on on my mom's side, my my dad's side, um, daily if not maybe a couple times a day, you know, and like growing up in my dad's shop, working in my dad's business, uh, my grandparents would just stop in. It was kind of like a family deal. My grandpa would help out. Uh, I would cut out of work early and I'd go hang out with my grandma or, or you know, just different things like that. And so I, I've really, really, really grown up with these people just always around. And so... You know, when when my dad died, um, I remember standing outside of his house after the mortuary had taken him away. (laughs) God, this is a really dark episode, Um, but it is what it is. Um, I remember standing outside of uh, his house. I I am the one who told my grandparents that my uncle had passed. I am the one who told my grandparents that my dad had passed. Um, so, and that's a that's kind of a hard deal to do, a uh, hard thing. And so, I remember standing outside, and I, you know, I was just kind of in shock. And I, I remember thinking, like, I wasn't talking to my dad, uh, but I was like thinking, like, okay, I've. I've got these people, you know, I've, I've got this. Basically, you know, saying, making a promise in my mind to my dad, I'll take care of grandma and grandpa. And, and I have, I mean, you know, like the, the weekend after that, a, a real severe storm blew through and they, ha- they have a couple rental properties and they, it blew a tree down across the driveway and now, keep in mind, after my dad passed, I took my my younger brother in. He was 16 at the time. He come to live with us. And so, the weekend after my dad passes, a pretty strong thunderstorm blows through and, and knocks an entire tree down across this driveway. And, you know, I, here I am mourning the loss of my father and reeling because I've taken my brother in. Now I've got a 16-year-old that I'm responsible for just overnight and uh, just dealing with everything that goes along with that. My grandpa calls and he's like, hey, I need help, you know, with this this tree. And I'm like, oh, you know, I didn't want to go do it. You know, I'm still reeling from, from all of this. But I'm like, yep, I, you know, he didn't know I didn't want to do it. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll be right there. And I go and we get chainsaws and we spend hours chopping this wood, this tree up. And uh, I just, I kind of thought it was interesting because when I was done at the at the end of the project, I thought, all right, I can do this. I, I got these people, you know. And I was kind of like, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know. It was just very strange. I was almost like that was a test. I was just like, yeah, all right, you know, dad, I... <laughs> you, you asshole, you know, for, for leaving. Uh, look, look, look what I did. I, I, I got this, you know. And so um, 
that gave me like it made things easier you know i was like all right i'm you know look i this was my first act of you know i was 35 36 well, however old i was then uh 36 and and even though i had been an adult and and uh been a, you know had had kids to look after and all of this stuff and and lived on my own and done things for my own that was the moment that i was like all right you know i'm i'm into this stage of my life that i'm now into a you know, almost a full-time caretaker role. I It's my responsibility to call my grandparents daily and say, how are you guys doing? Need anything? You know, what what's going on? And and so uh, we we moved into that role, and, and I've taken that role on. And um, so during this coronavirus deal, you know, I remember them calling me in February and saying, hey, you want to go get something to eat? Let's go get Chinese. And I, of course, had been following this virus. And I was like, I don't think that I... I don't think that I want to go eat authentic Chinese right now. Um, you know, and people might say that's wrong. People might say whatever. Uh, the And I'm not going to name the Chinese restaurant that we would have ate at. Um, it's not one that someone would have thought about. So first of all, take that out. But because the place where we would have ate, uh, I know that they regular travel to and from China. And so that was what played into my mind. And I thought, man, let's, you know, we went to Puerto Vallarta instead. And, uh, and so I had been monitoring this and, and I told them well before anything was being shut down, well before anything, I said, you know, this might get to a point with this virus that you guys might need to to stop running places and stop going places and and I might need to pick up items for you and and do things like that. And they're like, oh, you know, they there was no cuz they're very independent. You know, they've always ran and done and and you know, as they pleased, but uh, they don't. They don't question me. That's that's one thing. My grandpa always says he would go when we would go to my dad's doctor's appointments. Uh, he would say he was very impressed that he, he had always been like, "You should have been a doctor," which is nuts because I would have never lived through any of that schooling. But you know, I knew all of my dad's medications and I never wrote anything down and, and I, I could keep track of the dates. It's because of my memory and my grandmother's very responsible for my memory. This is like a stream of consciousness. I'm sorry, but this is just my mood where I'm at. I, I apologize. I need to stop apologizing. This is my diary and you guys just listen to it or you don't. Uh, but the thing is... Um, my grandmother was really responsible for my, I, ha, I have a really good memory. I I mean, like superhuman, freakishly bizarre memory. Um, and that's what helps me with everything that I do. But, uh, so I would keep track of all my dad's stuff. And, and, uh, you know, my, I think it's something that really impressed my grandfather. He's just always talked about it. And, uh, he's always just talked about how, you know, how well I did for, for dad, um, you know, for various things. Anyways, um, that's one thing that, you know, I can always remember being younger and, like, my dad being, like, concerned about his parents. He would say stuff. Of course, my grandparents were younger. And so, like, they would be discussing stuff. And my dad would say, well, I think you guys ought to do this. 
and my grandparents were still young enough, they were like, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this, you know. So they would, they would, you know, argue back and forth, kind of like I do now with my, with my mother or stepfather. I'm like, well, I don't think you should do that. And they're like, well, screw off. We're going to do what we want to do, you know. Uh, my grandparents don't do that with me. Uh, they're to the point in their age where, where it's they've started becoming like children. Uh, so they know what they want to do. They say what they're going to do. They, they 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 tell me what they're going to do, and I'm like, oh, I don't think you guys should do that. And they're like, oh, okay, and and that's that. Um, so. You know, they when I said there might come a time where you guys have to hang in the house, they said okay. And oh, hey, we need to take a quick break. Uh, we'll come right back to the discussion of staying in the house right after this. You're listening to the 99th episode of Perception Is Reality. I'm Christopher H. Bilbrey. This is Perception Is Reality. We'll be right back. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Perception. You're out of order. This whole place is out of order. This is a joke. Perception. Perception is reality. Reality. All right. Welcome back to this 19th episode of Perception is Reality. I am Christopher H. Bilbrey. So, uh, where were we at? All right. So, uh, I told him back in, you know, the ending of February, man, you guys might have to hang out in your house for a while. Then, when it actually happened, when it started happening in the second week of March, uh, it was my stepfather's uh, birthday, March uh, 12th, actually, uh, when I found out that they were going to you know, start shutting shit down. I told him, I said, hey, you guys, uh, if if you're out and about, they were actually heading to Walmart at the time. I said, get as much as you can get. Get what you want. Get things that you need because you guys are going to have to chill out at the house for a while. And they did it. They said, okay. And I, you know, I went over there that evening and I said, look, um... I think that we're going to have to quarantine. I think they're, you know, I explained to them what all was going on. Of course, they watched the news and they, you know, had been seeing that stuff. And I said, you know, I will help you guys out. I will go to the store. My mother has COPD. Um, and so, I, you know, I'd planned on going to the store for her. I was doing the same thing with my mother. My stepfather's a pharmacist. So, you know... Uh, like he's in the thick of it and, you know, sick people coming in all the time, which that way weirds me out. And, you know, I was afraid that he was going to bring something in on my mother or he was going to get it. And, you know, of course we think that they've already had it. I've talked about that. And that's, that's that. But, um, I, you know, I planned on going shopping and I've got people that besides them I go shopping for. So I was planning on going for my mother and my step, stepfather I was planning on going for my grandparents and then I was planning on going for my grandfather my my mother's father and so you know I was wanting to do it where everybody was on the same schedule and I could get a list from all of those groups of people and I could go 
in one day for everybody. And so it's always a, a, a production when I do it. And it's it's we finally got down pat kind of what happens. And so uh, at least it's pretty easy now. But, um, you know, I told him, I said, look, I think that it's perfectly safe for you guys to go out and drive because they like to take a, a an evening drive. Sometimes they'll take a drive like twice a day. They drive around the reservoir. They'll go out to see my um, dad, my uncle's graves. You know, they like to do that kind of stuff. I said, you know, when you're when you're needing to get gas, you need to let me know, and I'll come pump gas for you. And uh, that way, you just really don't have any contact with anybody from the outside. I mean, they they haven't, and they and they haven't. But the the sad thing is. It's also prevented me from going over there and going in the house and sitting down and having talks with them and, and sitting because, you know, I would go over and visit them, you know, several times throughout the week, sometimes twice a day. You know, if I'm killing time, I'd run over there and hang out for 10 or 15 minutes. I'd, I'd leave, you know, maybe we'd go get lunch, but I would, you know, generally see them several several times a week you know there there might be a day or two i i didn't see him or whatnot but you know i'm i'm always contacting them i'm, I'm always touching base with them and uh spending time with them and spending time with them because i'm making sure they're okay but but because i'm wanting to make memories because i'm wanting to to soak as much in because you know i i know where we're at and you know my my grandfather's dementia is starting to get a little rough because he's starting to scare my grandma a little bit. You know, he. Uh, what I mean by that is not not violent, not physical, nothing nothing like that. She just I for the longest time didn't want to believe this. She thinks or thought he was acting. I she, I think for some reason she thought he was doing this to make her <laughs> or make her life harder, and so she was you know getting kind of shitty with him you know and I'm like no you gotta stop that and so I I finally gotten it through to her and, and I think she realizes now but you know he's had a couple moments where he he wakes up and he's confused he you know one of the big things that's so strange to me and, and I think I know what it is but I, I is she'll say I'll call and she'll say oh we've had a bad night and I'll say well, you know okay what what do you mean and She'll say, well, he, he had a dream again, a, a nightmare. And I'll say, well, what, you know, the first time she told me this, I was like, well, what's the nightmare? And she said, well, he says that he's at work and, and he can't get out. And I'm like, okay, is someone chasing him? No. Are there dead bodies? No. Is a zombie after him? No. I mean, is he dreaming about dad or John or, or them passing? No. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> so he's dreaming that he's at work and he's just working and 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 it's just a longer day and he can't get out what kind of a nightmare is that well then i started listening to him and i think what's happening is i think that he's having just random dreams but i think that when he wakes up he's having a hard time remembering where he's at he might get he might he might feel a little out of place and I think that scares him. And I think that then he comes to, you know, and he realizes who he is and he realizes where he's at. But then he realizes that my grandmother's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And so he just kind of, like a kid would do, kind of makes something up 
rather than really tell the truth because, you know, he's somebody that would do that. He does not, you know, want to face that there might be a problem. And no, a lot of people are like that. You know what I mean? Especially when you start getting into dementia and, and Alzheimer's. That's that's really common. So I, I don't really know what's going on there with dreams, but that's something that happens. And I've just, you know, I've missed out so much time with them these last, how, how long have we been in this? How long have, you know, because here's the deal. I go to the store and I go shopping for them. And while I take every precaution that I can, I wear gloves and and I I use gloves properly. I don't keep up on gloves all day long and touch everything and then cross contaminate. You know, I I use gloves appropriately. I touch just what's mine and put the stuff in 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 the cart. I check out. I go outside. And before I even touch the car, I have used antibacterial uh, stuff on on the gloves. I then wipe down the food items, put it in the car, take the gloves off, you know, take the gloves off, put it in the car. I go to my grandparents' house. I put the the items on the porch. They then use gloves to wipe down the food items and take the food items in house. So these food items are being like cleaned off like twice. It's it's kind of crazy, but we're taking every precaution, you know. That being said, I'm still out and about. I have a mask on. It's not an N95 mask. So you never know. And because of that, I I've I've not been over there. I mean, I don't go over there and sit. We don't, you know, we don't hang out. I call, I talk to my grandmother on the phone. My grandpa doesn't talk on the phone a whole lot. And uh, it's just, you know, I, I talk to him. He, he might answer and say hello. And I say, hey, is grandma there? And he's like, yeah. And I say, I always say, how you doing? And he'll say, okay, here she is. You know, he just, he's never talked on the phone. But, uh, you know, going over there, I've, 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 been going over there to get their grocery list or to drop off groceries and he'll be out mowing the yard and I can just tell in the last couple of weeks how weak he looks he's he's lost a lot of muscle tone and he's I mean d- deteriorating rather fast I mean you know uh just I mean that's it is what it is that's just what's happening and so the last couple days leading up to the recording of this podcast, he's had a little bit more issues, I think, waking up, realizing who he is. I think he he, he really kind of unnerved my grandmother the other day. I think that he just, um, you know, you can look at him and tell that he's not there, you know, just like people with dementia and Alzheimer's. And so... Uh, you know, I've, I've prayed about this. I've thought about this. I've talked to people. I've, I've talked to those that I know. I've talked to my grandmother about it. And and uh, I'm to the point where I'm just going to be around them. I'm just, I'm going to be around them. And uh, they have both uh, both said that they they want me to be around. They're not going to go into the public, even when stuff starts opening up. But uh, I'm going to be around them. I'm going to go over there and sit with them. Um, I, I, I monitor my temperature daily. 
I I do you know all of the the tests you know the breathe in and hold my breath for for 10 seconds sometimes they say that's good it's not good whatever I have healthy lungs you know I have no problem doing that um you know I have chronic sinus issues so you know I I always have like congestion and and I I will cough you know more frequently than most people do I've always had sinus issues but throughout this thing being out I I monitor my vitals, you know, have a pulse oximeter, so I, I know where my oxygen level's at, all that kind of stuff. And I just decided I'm I'm not going to let COVID-19 take any more time from my grandfather or from me and my grandfather and my grandmother for that fact. I'm, I'm not going to let that happen and I'm so I'm done with it I mean I'm so effing sick of this COVID-19 bullshit and just the the damage that it has wrought on on lives in this last five months has just uh, it will have changed a generation right wrong and different fake false hoax not hoax bullshit not bullshit man-made laboratory made whatever you know F COVID-19. You know what I mean? I mean, like, seriously, just what a what a joke. And the political aspect of it, I'm so... I love politics, and I, I, can, I can make anything political. I am so sick of the, the COVID-19. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody has stepped up and been a leader. Nobody... Winchester's government has dried up, blown away. They should all have stepped down and and new people. I, I don't know. I don't know that Randolph County has the amount of people in it that needs to step up. To play. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that there will be some people, some citizens, some leaders who can step up and start to grab a hold of what's going on over there and can lead it. But I'm not sure that I'm not even sure that's possible. Now, Muncie has people who are wanting to do good and wanting to do right, Delaware County, but there's a lot of people in places that are just ridiculous. The leadership that we've seen in Delaware County and in Muncie has been ridiculous. The leadership that we've seen in other communities has been ridiculous. The leadership, or the lack of leadership, rather, at the state level has been ridiculous. And, and I'm hoping that citizens in these communities, and I'm hoping that citizens in the state of Indiana realize that. And and part of it's just anger, and I apologize. Maybe they don't deserve that anger, but it is what it is. They they they. That's sometimes an unfortunate part of being a public servant. You know, they didn't expect for this to happen. They're not doctors. They're not they're not infectious disease people. They're public servants who happen to be a public servant during an extremely bad time. And maybe, unfortunately, the you know just how the chips fall, they don't have their positions after this because of this. And time will tell. But I'm not going to let it take any more time. When I, when I went over to my grandfather's house, to my grandparents' house this morning... It was the first time he didn't recognize me. 
Now, I've not seen him to see him physically other than just a wave here or there in some time because of COVID-19. But this was the first time he didn't recognize who I was. And I made the decision last week that I was not going to let COVID-19 take any more time. But when I went into the house, you know, he didn't recognize who I was. And now I look at COVID-19 and realize that because I haven't seen him physically the way that we normally do in a month or more, that that with the dementia, that with the Alzheimer's, whatever he's got going on, has caused a situation where we're now to the point where he's going to start forgetting who, who I am slowly. Now, when I went back after going to the store and I dropped the stuff off and I went in and spent some time with him, he knew who I was and we were able to talk. But this was the first time that he realized. And look here, folks, I understand we're coming to the end of this episode and we've talked about nothing, but I'm using this as a diary and as a record that on Saturday, May 2nd, 2020, my grandfather was not able to place who I was for the first time. And there's going to be more of this. And I'm going to probably cover more of it as I go through this. I wish I was doing the podcast when my dad was going through the sickness that he had and when my grandmother was going through the sickness that she had. I think it would have been amazing. Because while I'm facing this battle, and if I would have been doing it during that battle, I would have been brutally honest. I would have kept you all involved with what was happening. And it would have helped me, but maybe it could have helped somebody else going through the same thing. So please, I'm going to ask for prayers for my family, for myself, my grandfather, my grandmother, my brother, our extended family. I'll be praying for you guys. Stay active. Stay involved. Be sure and share this podcast. God bless you each and every one, and I'll see you for episode 100. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.